not only that, what they're going to find is those people who have options, those people who are good, those people who can find other jobs, those people they want to keep won't stay. They'll go to organizations where they are more valued. So you've got to be very careful that you have a strategy to re-recruit those people you want to keep because what you don't want to do is lose those people who can help you turn the organization around and they will leave because they have options. What ends up in a lot of organizations is you have people who remain in the organization who don't have options and they're there because they have to be, not because they want to be. That's not good. That's not a volunteer army. That's a draftee army. So if you've done it wrong, you end up with individuals who are mediocre performers. I don't know if they're mediocre, but they're not the risk takers. They don't have the skills that you need. They are unable to find jobs outside your company. So what you have is an organization with people who are there because they have to be, not because they want to be. In the new reality, I think the best organizations that are going to survive are organizations that are populated by people who are there because of the work, because they enjoy what they're doing, because they have options. And leading those people is very different than leading a group of people who are there as captives. Mm, exactly. David, why don't companies do something about this? Layoffs may be a necessity, but how can they address this problem of layoff sickness before it has an impact on productivity and personal feelings? A lot of it has to do with getting the attention of top executives. What happens in most organizations, not just here, but increasingly in Europe and to some extent in Asia, is top leaders at the time of financial crisis and economic downturn are playing save the company. The chief financial officers are out trying to find different sources of funds. The marketing people are trying to do deals, maybe look for mergers. The CEO is trying to manage the board and manage the company and keep the place afloat. They've never been so self-actualized in the top. And what they lose sight of is that one level below them, people are not self-actualized. They're fearful and angry and depressed. So there's a gap between the way the top sees it usually and the way the people one level below them see it. And unless the top does something, productivity is going to decline, not increase. Exactly. Your book includes guidelines for leadership style that would help in maintaining a positive attitude after layoffs and also handle the layoff itself. Could you describe some of those key characteristics you've identified? What happens is the very skills that got managers where they are, planning, organizing, controlling, evaluating, will get in their way in helping turn the organization around because what's needed are helping skills. Those leadership ings came about in 1914 with a guy named Fayol. Today, the best managers are the helping skills. They're better at empowering people, all those soft things. Soft is hard these days. Listening, having empathy, and helping. If you have an employee who works for you who is angry, depressed, and a little anxious, you don't try to control them. You try to help them. You try to get them to externalize their emotions. So it's not that you don't want to do planning, organizing, controlling, evaluating, but you also want to do coaching, listening, helping. Most managers didn't get where they are because of those helping skills. So what should organizations do? A major help for many organizations is simply training line managers in basic helping skills, getting them to listen without evaluating, getting them to just reflect feelings and emotions, and getting them to shut up and listen to employees. It's magic. One organization, we required the line managers to meet one-on-one -on -one with the employees, and we gave them a script, and it sounded a little stilted. It was say hello to employee, make eye contact, ask employee how employee is feeling, reflect back feelings and emotions. But it was the most dynamite intervention that organization did because it made the managers talk to their employees about how they were feeling. And you don't have to be a trained psychologist to do that. Managers are smart. With very little help, 
like a two or three day training session, you can teach most managers helping skills. And that's the currency of the realm in today's organizations, not controlling skills. You also offer some layoff leadership traps in your book. What are some of those? If you work in an organization for a long time, you're going to carry some baggage. Let's say you're in finance and the marketing department seems to get all the budgets, seems to get all the publicity, seems to get all the raises, seems to get all the staff. Every time you have a little affront or a little thing that isn't resolved, you have this magical gunny sack that weighs you down. Gunny sacking is a psychological term. You carry around a lot of unresolved issues in most organizations. What often happens come layoff time, you've got all these issues you've stored up over the years and suddenly the organization authorizes you to use them so you can say, I'm now going to get those people in marketing or I'm going to get those people in accounting because now I've got the power to lay them off and they haven't pulled their weight anyway. And so you use the layoff as an excuse.